Yeah, yeah I think I think so too. Um, so we're just we're just talking about the um, the program, a couple of programs that you got going, Matt. So you've got the ankle program, you've got the social media program. That was they were the only two big ones that you're starting off at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, for the most part, there's a. Uh... As usual, I have a whole bunch of things stewing in my mind, but trying not to uh, get pulled in too many different directions. The social media course is going on right now, so that's my biggest uh, my biggest focus is giving everybody a really good experience there and uh, helping people grow. And I'm it's interesting because I learn um, I learn a lot as I go through because partly because me condensing all my thoughts and trying to give it to people is uh is a really good exercise and how well do you really know all the stuff that i think i know but then also in me wanting to give as much knowledge to people i inevitably go and research more and learn more and try more things to uh filter out ideas i may not have had before so i learn a lot like that and i i actually really enjoy that because it uh it's a hard thing to do on your own to just keep learning and trying to find different things and explain it to yourself. But when you have the sort of the pressure to do it really well for other people and kind of cover all your bases and you get questions in and ideas from people in the course, it's a really interesting thing. And then that kind of flows into the ankle program. Um, I mean, obviously I'm coming out with that because I want to help people with their ankles, but also I think it's a really good experience that I can add into the course of how to, how people can build a product and how you can sell it and you can create the funnels and you do the marketing and sales and all of that. And then I can help people with that even more there. So that's kind of a cool to uh, kill two birds with one stone in uh, helping people with their ankles and building that knowledge base to expand my, my offering for people going through the course. And then lots of things can go on from there, but don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, so with the with the ankle program that you've got going on, are you pretty much going from experience? Is that is that where you're you're coming from? Like, obviously, you've experienced quite a bit with your with your ankles, um, and then obviously the rest of your body too. But is, are you taking your experience from the ankle pains and the ankle issues that you experience when you're playing football in particular, and and just kind of feeding that through? And is it almost like you're like uh, to a certain way, practicing what you're preaching by helping people practice that that way is is that is that pretty much how the ankle program's been running? Yeah, generally it's like um, it won't be exactly what I did through the process of like getting my ankles better because I was learning things through it and like I gradually found things that were working and put it together. But it's basically the culmination of the ideas that got me to where I am out of the chronic issues and into feeling really good. So it's, it's more condensed. It's, I took out all the stupid things I did, like a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the pushing it too hard. Cause that was, that was always the worst. I would then once I figured out how important the calf strength was, it's like, all right, cool. So I would do like a, a seat of good morning and a standing calf raise superset. And I would be like, all right, do five sets, five supersets. And the me thinking more calf strength is better. It was like, all right, I'm going to do five AMRAPs. So like five sets of as many 
standing calf raises on one leg as I could do. And inevitably, every time that would flare it up. Like, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, it would, every time I did that, it would be worse for a couple of days. So, don't have that in there. Um, but yeah, generally, it's like my, what fixed me put into a more succinct program over 12 or so weeks with some different, different processes I put together. So, um, how have you found, how have you found, like, so the program length is 12 weeks? Have you played around? So, like at the moment, I'm having a run with um, with uh, Graham Tuttle's program, ready to run. Like I, I was just, I saw it popping up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just going to check this out because having the cleat feet that I have, it's it's not going to do me any harm. And I just really wanted to to check out what another program looks like. I don't know whether you've seen it before, um, but the amount of information that he pops into his emails every single day. Um, and the, the workouts that he's got connected to YouTube with the videos, the links, um, and then the copious amounts of details and data that he has when he's sending it out to you. Um, it's, it's incredible how much of it is, is like so valuable. Um, but I was curious, like, so you've got, you're doing it as a, as a 12 week program. Have you played around with like um, Graham's the 20, I think it's 28 days. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of like 25 days, a month programs. Do you or have you had a thought it like a, a think about it at all or a thought as to like, all right, 12 weeks is probably going to be the best or maybe I can do like an introduction offer and, and just go for the month or something like that. What have you found to work well? Yeah. So I did do Graham's. I did one of Graham's. I've done Graham's course twice, actually. I did. I think I did the second one ever. And then I did the fourth one, maybe. Um, I think and it was great. It's great. Graham's awesome. I, talk to him every once in a while, but, uh, 28 days is a good length for what he does. So Keegan asked me this question when I told him the, uh, first time I was doing the ankle program, he's like, is it, is it just like Graham's program? And the way I, I was like, no, first of all, um, the way I described it was Graham does a really good job with your feet and your toes and getting them working again. But he doesn't really get into the so much of like the structural changing and strengthening of the ankle as far as when I was doing it, maybe it's a little bit different now, but I described it to Keegan as Graham's program was kind of like zero. And I was more in like the denser standards Mm. to put it in ATG terms. Like zero is awesome and it's really good and people are going to get great results on it. But if you want to take, make those like structural changes and really, take your ability to the next level. I think that's what I was putting together because I, I mean, I have the weighted calf raises, seated calf raises, tip raises, um, isometric holds with weight. And you starting to get into like Peterson step ups with weight, um, or without, if you're not there yet. But I think that's what I focus a little bit more on the strength aspect. Um, so I do, I do have the foot and the toe stuff, which is a lot of, sort of neurological things at the beginning, especially getting it going. And you can get through that relatively quickly, four weeks or so. And then it's just maintenance. So I have that. In the beginning, that's heavily put in there to uh, to get you to those levels. But then once you're there, it's like we'll do a little bit just to maintain it. But you don't need to you don't need to do three months straight of like heavy mm. a ton of like getting your toes moving. Like once they're moving and they're splayed back out. Then you're like, 
in my mind, I don't think you need to do a ton with that as long as you maintain it. Yeah. So Graham's uh, ready to run course is very similar to that. The way that you explained it, just then the zero and then the dents. Um, and it's every day as well. So it comes out as an email. It's day one, day 10, day 12, day whatever else there is. Um, and it is focused heavily on like getting dexterity back in your toes and feet and movement because it, it'd be more so like an introduction phase almost into what you like what you said with what you do you've got that first four weeks where it's like that's your introduction phase into actually getting your feet moving again getting the blood flow flowing and like i said getting that dexterity back in your feet and actually moving them so they're not <laughs> they're not stuck <laughs> like like hooves uh, like horses hooves um and yeah so that's, that's pretty much fast, what yeah they are they are they're very fast. they've got <laughs> They've only got one toe though. Like that's, a, or do they have two? I don't know. How does a how does a hoof work? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big on the. I don't know the horse anatomy. Sorry. I just, <laughs> derailed that. Horses, horses are fast relative to other horses, not to the humans. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Graham's Graham's course has been awesome for me. I actually have been really enjoying. So like the workout component is great, um, but like I'm up at. Well, like this morning, I'm up at uh, 4.30 and then come down here at 5 and read the, the email, like just to, to download some information into my brain and then check out the workout. The workout goes for about 20-ish minutes, 20 to 25 minutes, and it's like very basic, simple stuff. But like my feet have been feeling like they've been getting a massive workout. I've been jumping in my barefoot shoes. Sorry, I was looking up because my barefoot shoes are right above me in the, on the shelf. Um, I've been wearing them so much more and I can actually notice that there's something that's happening with my, with my feet, like not only the control, but the actual strength of my big toes and, and just the ability to be able to move them uh, more frequently and get better quality movement problem is definitely something that I've, that I've seen. And it's like, there's a lot of things that I knew about the program, like some of the exercises that Graham's been putting in there, but then there's a lot that I didn't know either. And so it's a, it's a great way to kind of, in my opinion, anyway, um, it's a great way to kick off if you're struggling with some foot pain or toe pain or even even ankle pain and that. I think it's very, very beneficial. So whoever listens to this one, check out Graham Tuttle's program. I'm doing it right now. So, And I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. For someone who's got pretty beat up feet, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Have you noticed your, uh, your toes gotten thicker? Um, I'm actually noticing the... Like, so the separation between my big toe, or let's just use my hands, for example, my big toe and the rest of my um, feet and toes, like it is starting to open up a little bit more. And I'm definitely getting a lot more strength through the sole of my feet too. So like, for example, um, I, I, I was, I still am, actually, no, I'm not. I, I was flat footed when I was a kid, like severely pronated and there was just nothing there. And my parents unknowingly just threw me into those really thick stiff orthotics and haven't worn them since and now they're like I, I have an arch like there is an arch there even my my sister came over the other day and she's like oh your feet don't look that bad anymore I'm like oh thanks like you're so, <laughs> you're so kind you're so kind you know but like I actually have an arch in my feet now which um has developed over time and it's through me you know using my feet more and actually strengthening the sole of my feet whether it's through doing like subconsciously doing uh, arch builders or just actually moving my feet and my toes more and getting them out of cleats, soccer boots for those Aussie people listening. Um, 
and, and allowing my feet to actually do the work that they're designed to do. Like it makes so much sense when you start doing it, when you've been conditioned one way to be like, no, like that's it. I, I actually, I don't know if you saw, they um, just going on a little bit of a tangent here, but they developed some um, barefoot uh, or wide toe box uh, soccer cleats, footy cleats. I just saw on a, a, a sponsored, it's like Instagram was listening to me which they probably do, um, a sponsored ad just came up for these uh, soccer, barefoot soccer, not soccer, there was um, turf, grass, and then like actual like sneakers that you can use for, for basketball and that that have been developed. I don't know. Have you seen them? I think if we think of the same company, I think they reached out to me and we talked a little bit, but I don't think they've gotten back to me since the last time I talked to them. They, uh, it's it's interesting idea. That was, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I would have to get them in and try them. The problem, and don't tell them I said this, but the, the pictures I've seen are terribly, terribly ugly. Like, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they're just sample colorways and like the, they'll smooth out like the actual build of the cleat and the shape, but oh man, I would a hard time getting the, to wear the them green, around my buddies. The green ones? Were they green ones? Like, the, like green and black? Green and blue and yellow. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so that aside, <laughs> which shouldn't shouldn't matter to me, but inevitably it does. Um, the idea is I'm not, as someone who talks about feet and ankles a lot and the importance of your toes working, I'm not as big of a fan of the concept as I think a lot of people are. So mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm actually less high on it than you are. So I see cleats as performance shoes. Like it would be like, if you had a big test up and again, not condoning this, like you had a big test in university and you took an Adderall or something like, obviously it's not good for you, but you, you'll probably do better on the test. Cause you're like locked in. Um, so are cleats good for you? No, but does that shape of having your foot locked into an exact position where it doesn't slide, doesn't move around, you have a really consistent striking surface, you know, when you cut, there's not going to be any movement of your foot in there. Um, some people even think when you're like, there's the, uh, there's people who think that when your feet are smushed together. You actually run faster because of the physics of you're putting your force into a smaller area on the ground. So maybe you run marginally faster. Uh, true or not, I don't know. Um, in the physics sense, it makes sense, but how much faster, I don't know. So kind of, it uh, kind of sounds like a horse almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's coming down I mean, to one. <laughs> I mean, it's one, like, yeah. One point. <laughs> well, oh, back back to the horses again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, it's like lying on a bed of nails versus lying on one nail. But in that sense, it would be like lying on a huge bed of nails versus a slightly smaller bed of nails. Like, is it going to hurt more? I don't know how much of a difference it really makes. Maybe at the top levels of sprinting, then it could make a difference. But I don't, I mean, I don't if I, know that if I... I may interject i have please i have recently uh, over the last couple of months and it's because of you kind of um 
talking about this this fact of like the football boots performance versus like the long let's just use longevity of, of the foot as an example mm-hmm. um or the proper function of a foot it makes sense to be in those tighter types of shoes but there's absolutely no reason why you can't you know get out of them and let your feet do what they're designed to do it's almost it's inevitable that we're going to be in football boots and most people prefer to have tight boots compared to ones that are loose because you don't have that connection with the ball you don't have that connection with the with the ground or with the floor because if they're too big or you've got too much move to move around in like you just said you feel well you feel like a clown but you your foot will slip and slide all over the place as well and then that can potentially lead to more injury because that's actually how i did my first acl i um stepped down on the grass and went to go turn my foot got caught in the in the grass but my foot actually slid with my like inside my um soccer boot because it was a little bit a little bit big and so it just slid and then got stuck um well wh- whether that is actually how i did my acl or not it's there's a whole bunch of other things that that <laughs> caused that too but like i since then like it's just been about having like tighter boots because and i i know that it's not good for my feet to have that and clearly like if you looked at them they they tell a, a story but having the um the tightness of the the boot or your foot tight it just it's it feels it feels different when you've got big boots you're trying to control a ball so like for performance it's just basically for for performance i i feel now um having listened to you and having done my own research and looked up a whole bunch of things and and actually experienced it myself i remember when i would have you know bigger boots and i'd wear even if i'd wear double socks like i was not a fan of double socks because i lost that connection and the squishiness was just like didn't feel comfortable it didn't feel nice even though i looked like Cristiano Ronaldo did, but it didn't make me play. It didn't make me play. Maybe one game, but <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make me play like him. But that that tightness of the boot just gave me that feel of like um, I've got more control when I'm when I'm playing because I can actually feel the connection of the ball rather than it being you know all soft and puffy and yeah, that was a bit of a tangent. But yeah, I I am on the same page as I think. Uh, on, on a similar page to, to what you are at the moment, I think you've probably experienced a little bit more having, you know, still played relatively recently in comparison to to myself. Um, so yeah, just to, to interject. Yeah, I mean, I like you, even at a higher level, you're only wearing them for two hours a day. Mm-hmm. So like the other 22 hours, you can far and away out like re like undo the damage maybe that you would call it that that the cleats the boots do um and it's i mean so the where i notice the biggest difference is if i'm trying to like juggle in my vivos with the ball versus trying to juggle in a pair of like my mercurials like i'm it looks like i never juggled the ball before in my life (laughs) when i'm wearing there you go Cause it's like what's I never know where in the shoe my foot's gonna be. Like I know where my foot is, but I never know like where the it's gonna hit my hit my yeah. So I haven't tried it. I couldn't tell you yeah. what it's what it's gonna be like. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be tight through the heel and then through the forefoot or midfoot. I don't know what the 
and then the toe box will just be wide and like it'll be the right width for your like the the your the balls of your feet and then it'd be cool but i don't know that i see myself wearing them in the future and unless they come out with a better colorway (laughs) <laughs> if if they're listening, they I think they've got that hint. They <laughs> they know better better color, and it probably is just the like a prototype or something like that. But I think so. I think a lot. I think a lot back to when I would play uh, futsal or indoor soccer, and I um they, I wasn't wearing proper indoor soccer shoes. They were like these these tight ass shoes and at the time I was a size eight and a half US and I was wearing like they were like size six like they were they were really 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 tight and really small but my ability to move around the court and to have that control over the ball because I knew exactly where my foot was you know even with toys and all that sort of stuff when it was like you needed to be quick whereas when you've got your foot in a bigger shoe and like it just it feels a little bit more uncoordinated like you said with the juggling you just you, you don't know where that, that bit of the foot is going to be or that bit of the shoe is going to be. So it's like, is it going to slide on the ground or where does it sit in time and space? And yeah. it's such an interesting dynamic to, to dive down. Like, I'm sure that we could have a conversation about this for a really long time. But um, yeah, it's, it's, like it's, we're, it's like basketball. I mean, it's a different argument with something like basketball because you don't kick the ball. Mm. Like, as long as you're locked down enough that your foot doesn't slide in the shoe, does the does the effect of your toes being able to work outweigh the the fact that you're putting forth in force into the ground at this sort of a space versus here? Mm. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the difference is there. So well, Ben Ben Patrick wearing his zero shoes when he plays basketball, like he seems to be um, all right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he's obviously done years and years of work on it, and that's understandable. But the I, I agree with what you're saying with when it comes to that technical ability with your feet, it's almost like you need that narrowed shoe or approach to be able to gain better performance. And this is this is purely based in my experience, and I'm assuming it's based in your experience as well, where you've had, you know, when I was a when I was a kid and I had bigger bigger shoes or bigger, you know, because your parents are getting your shoes <laughs> because <laughs> they don't want you to outgrow your shoes like too quick or your cleats too quick. So it's like, we're going to get your bigger ones. They're going to last for the whole season. I remember one season I went through four pairs of boots. They were the original Hypervenoms and oh, they I were the them. most, yeah, they were the most comfortable boots that I've ever worn in my life. But man, did they break like really, really, really easily. And I even went through a pair of Tiempos as well. And like the sole just ripped off on them. I must have been really, really heavy footed. I don't know. Maybe it was a bad batch four times. I got a bad batch of a boot. And yeah, and that's the other thing too. We are talking before about the, the colorway of the um, the boot coming out. And could you imagine a young kid sees this? It's just like they're looking at it and they go, and then they've got the Mercurial, they've got a Predator or something like that. That's in the other hand. It's like, no, this is like, this looks really, really good. And then mum and dad are like, but this is going to be good for your foot. And it's like, but Messi wears this and Mbappe wears this and, you know, Mo Salah wears this. I'm just going to drop that one in there because, and I'm sure you know why. <laughs> no idea. No idea ah, why. Of course. Typical, typical. No, we'll, we'll leave we'll, we'll leave that for a bit later. But you know what I mean? Okay. You've got the, you've got the, the look of, the look of this boot that, 
Um, it's and this is not even talking in colorway. I'm talking about the physical makeup of the boot. You're looking at them hand in hand. It's like well, that looks like what a football player wears, and that does not. That looks like ugh, I don't know what it looks like. So they, um, I think the idea is great, but they're already starting from way behind the 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 pace, the way off the pace already, and they're going to have to try and make up a lot of ground. So they have to have a lot of success stories really, really early to, to be able to make this a, a viable option. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine if I, like, if I rolled up to training and something like that, I mean, I would, I would have gotten abused. Like, <laughs> and it, it's like, if you would have told me five or seven years ago, you're like, these cleats are, they're ugly, but they're really good for your toes. Like, get that out of here, dude. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, no, like get, get that out of my face. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's sort of a weird, a weird idea. And it's, and it's hard to comment on if you never tried it and I've mm. never tried it. I don't, you haven't tried it. I've tried wearing wider boots. But inevitably they're too wide for me and I slip around. So it's it's nearly impossible to get a one that's wide enough in the toe box but still locked down on the rest of the rest of the cleat. So I don't I don't, What about don't your um your leather versus synthetic? Like if we're talking about boots here, just any boot in particular, like if you had your mercurials and they were a leather boot compared to synthetic, what would you what would you prefer? Or just any boot, leather versus synthetic? I'm I'm a synthetic because I hate when they're too wide. Yeah. So I always, I mean, I just I have two pairs of Mercurial still. It's what I wear. Um, every time I've gotten a pair of leather ones, they were awesome at the beginning, and then they stretched out, and then the length was still right, but the way were too wide. I had to send them back. So it's, I mean, I love the idea of leather. Like it's really soft and nice to wear, but. It just doesn't work for my foot. And maybe it would now. Maybe my foot's wider now. Then look at my foot. Maybe it got a little bit wider. But uh, I always I always wore really narrow boots. And it was synthetic was the way to go. Because once they were broken in, I knew they were never going to change. And they would be exactly the same every time I put them on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you seem a, like a leather kind of guy. I'm a, I gotta yeah. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, <laughs> now, I, so I, I experienced... Um, I experienced all of it, like, and there was a period there where I would have synthetic boots, and they were they were fine for my foot. It was more so like so the hypervenom was a different type of synthetic. It wasn't like a real stiff, rigid material, like synthetic. It was really strange. Awesome. It stretched, yeah, it stretched my foot. It was fantastic, um, but I reckon there were a lot of people that sent their boots back because they kept breaking, and <laughs> like I had. I I had the soles rip off. I had the um, the side of it just like completely. My foot just boom, almost like blew out through the side of the boot. Um, had all sorts of crap happen to them, but they were they were so comfortable, and they just. I had three of them just totally like implode at different yeah. different times, like totally different within the span of two years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I I ended my career with leather leather boots. I guess it was appropriate, you know. You just you're getting older, you, yeah, you're moving towards the, <laughs> that more um, oh, appropriate style of boot for your, for your age. And yeah, it was, comfort. It was yeah. 
I was cl- yeah, get close. I did have them when I was younger. I actually had them, but the same thing happened. The leather was so soft, and I got them smaller for me that it just it, they just ripped like they just because they were so soft. Um, but I finished on the Pumas. I had like those old school, um, the Diego Maradona ones, you know, the black with the the white on the side. Yeah, I tried yeah. to make them look as fancy as I could. I like tucked the tongue in underneath. And, yeah. You can't make those look fancy. I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it, uh, I didn't play like Diego Maradona, but they were probably one of the, they were probably one of the, the comfiest boots to, to end on. Um, yeah. I, I did have some pretty comfy boots throughout my time. Like there was, um, obviously the Hypervenoms were seriously comfortable. The CTRs, Nike CTRs, they, we actually won a pair of them. We went to a national tournament in, uh, in Sydney. Um, well, it was in New South Wales. It wasn't actually in Sydney. It was in a place called Coffs Harbour. And Nike Australia came out and they were like, uh, they were promoting their, their new stuff. And we had uh, we had to answer. So there was uh, how many teams? I reckon there was about 12 teams there per, per age group. And you had, a, um, you had to answer these questions. You had 10 questions. And whoever got 10 out of 10 had um, won a free pair of boots. And it was like, the new CTRs had just come out. Uh, then you had like the new Mercurials had come out. There were the Tiempos. And then there was one more pair of boots. I can't remember what the other one was. Anyway, we had these two uh, two twins on our team. And these guys were freaking geniuses. Like they knew everything there was to know about soccer. And they were all soccer questions. So it was like, who won the the first ever World Cup? Or who won this year in, in the World Cup? Like was it, I think, 94 or something like that? And how many goals has this person scored? And that and they just knew absolutely everything. We got 10 out of 10. We got a free pair of boots. And we all chose the CTRs bar about, I think, two or three people. Um, and these things were, they were uh, called K-Lite which was like a synthetic kangaroo leather, man, they were so comfortable, so comfortable. And then they just, they vanished again. Yeah. It does, you know, just keep the tempo and the, and the mercurial and then the rest, let's just have a play around and see what else there is. I like, I had a pair of, I had a pair of CTRs. Um, mm. They were awesome. They were really, really good. And then I grew out of them and they were gone by then. So it was like, I were, I, I had a lot of Adidas in college because that's who we were sponsored by. So we would get two mm-hmm. pairs of Adidas cleats every year. Um, and then if they broke, you bring them back, they get you new ones. So I tried all of the Adidas cleats and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I, I got I gotta say, man, you, uh, you Americans and Adidas, I, I, I never, I never quite understood that. And Nike, Nike, I'm a little bit more on board with it, but Adidas, Adidas. You say Adidas. Uh, Adidas. <laughs> no, it's probably right. I'll give, I'll give you this right. But it's... It, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't have yeah, anything no, to say okay. about it. To, uh, be, to be fair, Nike... Yeah. Nike, Nike is an American company, and I think they say it Nike, so it, we'll call it we'll call it 1-1 one, one there. Yeah, yeah. And Puma yeah, instead but, of Puma. Yeah, Puma. There ain't, there ain't no Puma here. Mm. Uh, nah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you guys have What's, pumas um, in uh, Australia? Like the, the animal? Or the, no. The cat, yeah. Oh, well, no, then you we have don't. no right to determine how <laughs> <laughs> America is a big country. We got, uh, well, you, you guys um, don't deserve our kangaroo leather then for the, the boot. Not that you're going to wear them anyway, so it doesn't really matter, to be completely honest, but we won't give you our, our K leather. 
That's fair. That's fair. I'll I'll make that trade. You guys keep the spiders, yeah. and you can have the kangaroo leather yourself. <laughs> Speaking of which, when are you coming over, Matt? Come on, man. As soon as you guys get rid of those spiders, man. Yeah. No. It's not, it's... I was talking to uh, who was I talking to the other day? I think Pierce Pierce Townsend. Mm-hmm. I think he's in Australia. Or no, he's in he's in Ireland. Who I was talking to somebody in Australia the other day. They were saying there's like parts where there's big spiders and there's parts where there aren't. There isn't in Australia. There's there's probably still spiders, but you just can't see them. They're not as big. Like I don't big... I, like anything anything smaller than like this. I'm fine with. That's, once they that's... once they start to once they start to look like this is when I have a problem. <laughs> the those those ones those those little small ones they're usually the ones that can kill you. The other big ones just look big and scary and hairy. So. I don't know. It depends. Just weigh it up, man. Whatever, whatever you want. I I'm cool with neither of them, to be fair. <laughs> like I don't. I'll take a trip to the Arctic Circle or something just to freeze to death. Out of, that's what I don't. We're getting way off topic here, but I don't like spiders and I don't like centipedes. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you uh, you speaking about those. Are, that. Those are the two things I don't like. I can deal yeah. with snakes. I can deal with lizards i can deal with kangaroos the yeah that's Ka- not can- i'm sure kangaroo. you I'm sure you... <laughs> kangaroo and snake kangaroo uh i can't no i was gonna say kangaroos are no they're definitely not more dangerous than snakes we've got some pretty pretty uh you have gnarly snakes potent yeah potent snakes out here there's some there's some big ones we live so i live very close to adelaide which is the this um the city the center of the of South Australia. Um, my parents live like probably twenty five minutes away from twenty five to thirty minutes away from the the city center, um, and they're like in the foothills, which for you guys would be kind of called like the mountains. Almost there's a similarity. Mm-hmm. Mountains are probably bigger than the, the well, they definitely are bigger than the hills, and we've got here. But it's like very green and lots of trees, um, lots of like dirt and bark and all that kind of stuff, and they they would get everything out there. Like they would have foxes running around that have kangaroos that have all sorts of things. And there was like big lizards. And then there's like the big bad snakes, the, um, the big brown snakes that would sometimes like slither on through. And it's like, yeah, I'm, that's why I moved. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a fan of that sort of stuff. Like the re- I can handle it, but I'm not getting too close to it. No way that ain't happening for me. No, I don't. There's like, we get, I mean, we get like the little hairy centipedes that are like, they can only get like this big yeah. and like, that's, that's plenty for me. And there's a spider yeah. every once in a while, but if you look real hard, there's snakes, but rabbits, foxes, coyotes, the, uh, here's where we are really off topic. The, I, the funniest video, one of the funniest videos I've ever seen on YouTube was Lex Friedman and John Danaher talking about who would win in a fight between a bear, a lion and a, and a gorilla. Ooh. So do you know, so you know Lex Friedman. I've you know Lex Friedman? I've, yeah, I've, I've heard of the. He name does the before. podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so John Danaher is the the top jujitsu coach in the world, mm-hmm. and so he teaches. So he coaches like Gordon Ryan, and uh, I think they call it the Death Squad, mm-hmm. the best the best jujitsu athletes in the world. And then he he worked with like George Saint Pierre. And did his camps, so unbelievable coach. But 
one of the funniest guys ever because he's like absolutely deadpan with everything, like hundred percent serious. Like he he doesn't have Wi Fi in his house because he thinks just like the five G is good enough, so he doesn't he's got no Wi Fi. But just had this ridiculous knowledge of like these stats about bears and gorillas and lions. Like Lex Freeman was listing off like a male lion can get up to this size. Lex is like, man, that's a big lion. They're usually within this range. Like, Who? Who's <laughs> jujitsu coach? What do you know this for? And they got oh, it was like two scientists going in depth on it. It was one of the funniest things ever. So I'll send you the link. You'll get it's yeah. like forty. It's like forty minutes long. But um, from from an Australian who would win in a fight, a gorilla, a uh, lion, or a grizzly bear, like a large grizzly bear from the States. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Are we going based on temperament here as well? Like, or is it just... I think, I think it's locked in, locked in a cage. Locked in a cage. All right. Well, I think the lion is, is done because it can only use its mouth, really. Um, it's, got, it's got the claws. Yeah, it does have the little... Yeah, little, yeah it's got a little... Little pussycat claws, I don't know, but I don't know if that's I, what I call them. But they <laughs> <laughs> well, in comparison to a to a bear, that that thing's got that's got those claws. Are, those are some claws, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I'm leaning towards a gorilla. I I think purely based on speed and strength. So like interesting. That thing, that thing can move. Are we talking about like a silverback gorilla? Like, like that's what we're talking about here. Big, big gorilla. Like a, like a, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah. Now I'm going, now I'm going based on temperament as well. I don't, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull the trigger and say, yeah, uh, say gorilla. I, I think anyway, I think gorilla. You? I'm pretty, I'm pretty firmly on bear. Yeah. Okay. Cause I mean, I've had I've had the opportunity to listen through and hear some pretty great arguments about it, but like a gorilla can't even like ball its fist up. Like so, everything it's gonna hit you with is gonna hit you like this. Like it's just gonna be slapping you. That's a that's a pretty hard part of your hand. <laughs> I know versus like getting but like getting slashed. Oh, with, getting uh, slashed. Yeah. I know. I was thinking like, about Donkey Kong. I was just thinking about Donkey Kong, just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was coming into my mind. You got to get something on the ground before you can pound pound it like that. But uh, I don't know. And the bears bears have those crazy teeth. I mean, so do gorillas. Mm. But like gorillas don't. Another thing I learned: gorillas don't actually fight to the death in the wild. Oh, okay. So we we're going based on temperament. All right. I didn't know that. Didn't this is going on skill level. This was one of the things that was brought up. It was hilarious. It's skill oh, level. Okay. So how good is a gorilla at fighting to the death? Not very good because it never fights to the death. It's more of like a show Dominance. of power. Lions, yeah. lions kill like elephants and stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty adept and they, they play fight all the time. Gorillas don't really play fight with each other beyond, uh, beyond their use, I guess. And uh, I think, I don't know about bears, but bears... Bears kill some pretty significant animals, like a like a buffalo or a, a moose. Mm. Mm. Gorilla, gorillas are like vegetarians. 
I've seen some pretty angry gorillas, man. Oh, I, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> when they're angry, they're for, they're formidable, but. Well, locked okay. in a cage, had to survive. Like it's, yeah. They don't. I don't think they're ever going to try this. So that's why it's kind of left up the hips, butts, and coconuts, you know. But apparently, there's some, some ancient like Roman writings about animals fighting. Um, but apparently, I guess they never. I don't think they ever put like a bear and a, uh, a gorilla in the same cage. In like the amphitheaters with like gladiators. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they probably fought like bears and lions separately. I don't know about gorillas. It'd be kind of hard to get, but. Yeah, that might be a bit, a bit hard. Let's, let's go. Let's go further on that. The like the Romans. We're we we'll just we're gonna go circle back to the feet again. But <laughs> you know, like wal- waltzing around on rocks and dirt and mud and all that kind of stuff with with no shoes on. I mean, and the sandals that they would presumably wear. Do you think that everything's kind of going? It's almost splitting into two. Now, so you're kind of going one way where everyone's just walking on clouds and then you're going the complete opposite direction. There's there's definitely no rule in between. You're either here or here. Do you feel like that's what's happening at the moment? Like we've gone on such a trajectory. I guess that's been happening through, well, now me talking about it out loud, I guess that's what's happening in general at the moment. Would you agree? Yeah, I think the difference with the sort of ancient times, I guess you would call it, is there wasn't, there was no concrete, like, and there was no hardwood floors. So, there, I mean, you're constantly walking on things that are softer than a lot of things we walk on now. Mm. So, not to say that they were walking on in hokas all the time, but they, uh, it's a little softer than what we were running on now. And I, I would imagine they spent a lot of time in dirt and grass and areas like that. Like, if they're in, I don't know what I don't know what the weather in Italy is like and the rest of the that area of Europe that they conquered, but I think they I think they would have been somewhere like it's a little bit different. But yeah, I mean so to answer your question, I guess I think people do tend to fall into one category or the other. Like mm. and one the category of these are more comfortable for my feet is significantly significantly larger mm. and there's always there's a few people that are like you and me it's like well this is good for my feet i'll wear these uncomfortable shoes uncomfortable until you get used to them and then other shoes become uncomfortable but it's like yeah i mean i guess to answer your follow-up question a lot of things are kind of going like that as sort of the un- the uncommon success thing like quit eating mcdonald's and snickers bars and not because it tastes good, but because uh, it's not what's best for you. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit odd that things are kind of coming to a divide like that. And then there's a lot of other areas that are things are splitting off into one direction or the other. So it's, it's, yeah. it is interesting to see the kind of dichotomy that a lot of things are becoming. Yeah, absolutely. I had a phone call with Keats the other day. We had a chat about a lot of things. Um, you talking about... Um, uncommon success and, and then like what's comfortable and, and not actually brought this up and Keegs at the moment has been really uh, talking about like the um, athletically using that 
you know, can you can you do this? Can you handstand? Can you do push-ups, pull-ups, all, like all this kind of stuff, you know, whatever it is, one-arm chin-ups and, and all that. But that's like your business card. You being able to do that, that's like a physical business card. Can you do this? Can you handstand walk? Can you squat, you know, um, 100 kilos? Or it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it's like athletically you can do a whole bunch of things. And what's really cool, which I've been understanding more and more of now, is uncommon success to be – to become an uncommon success or to be known as an uncommon success. It's like, they are the things that you need to do to be able to be an uncommon success in, in the world at the moment, because, you know, there hasn't really been a template of like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's not to say that that's what uncommon success is giving you, but it's like, it's giving you an option to be able to go or like to choose between your athletic, richer, smarter through the, the masterminding and the connections that you make as well. Like, you can can you five ball juggle? Well, this is where you're going to be able to get to in in um, in uncommon success. And then there's all these other things that are happening because of that. You know, like brain wise, you, your ability to be able to um, connect the dots quicker, to connect the things better, to um, your reaction time, handstands, having that in, internal and integral strength, um, and then learning from people like Paul Council. And anyway, we're having sorry, we're having this phone call. Bit of a tangent there, but we're having this phone call. And he asked me this question and in, in simple, simple terms, it was like, are you like, are you comfortable at the moment? Like I sat there and thought for a little bit, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I am pretty comfortable, you know? And like, it, it felt good to be, to feel comfortable because it's like, well, you know, the mortgage is, is going well and the relationship that I have with money is great because, you know, like I just feel comfortable. There's so there's these things coming in and things are happening and, um, and, and health-wise, like everything is great, and yeah, man, I'm feeling. And now I think about it, I'm feeling comfortable. It's, it's you know, yeah. It's like, okay, that's not good. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? You know? And then like understanding that, and and it was great because I actually had Zach Horsey. Um, he was listening in on the call. We were doing it on Discord, and he was listening in on the call. Um, we were talking about it, and it just it really hit me. I'm like, but this whole time, like I've been feeling so good because you know everything just feels. Everything feels like it's in this little box and it's all nice and, and beautiful. And and then I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, now I get it. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> and then you kind of, so afterwards, I was on the phone with Keegs for about 45 minutes, maybe a little bit, a little bit less. Um, and then I, I text Zach and because he was, and he was listening to the conversation. I was like, you know, what was, I want to hear your perspective on this. Like, what did you think? Um, about the conversation and he called me and we're on the phone for about an hour and 10 minutes. We're just talking about it like with this and with that and then understanding like how to get yourself back out of your comfort zone because you don't want to be staying comfortable because if you're comfortable, comfort kills. You know, like it's, if you're comfortable in this one little spot, you can't go outside your bubble, you can't change, you can't grow, like there's a whole number of things that are happening. And I was talking with Zach about it and I was like, oh, fire out. I felt, I felt like I couldn't, I had no way of understanding it. But then that hour phone call was like, all right, well, okay, this is what's next. This is what I got to do. And then you're just finding these new ways to be able to not recreate yourself, but create this, these opportunities to make yourself more uncomfortable, whether it's in a physical sense or it's in a business sense or marketing or whatever it is. And just realizing that it's like, okay, now I, no, now today I feel more uncomfortable because it's like, 
got all these things, but it's like, you got to do them, you know, it's, yeah, it was, it was a really, really, really interesting conversation that we, that we had. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. One of my favorite things is when people break some belief that I had, like, or even just remind me of something that I kind of put on the back burner in terms of like thoughts about work and stuff. Like that's one of my favorite things or it, it, in anything really relationships with people or working hard, diet, lifting, anything like that. Like when somebody breaks the way you thought it, it'll be uncomfortable, but then you really think about it. It's like, man, yeah. Like, like there's some, somebody described it as a ladder, like, uh, there's different parts of a ladder and if you have a belief that isn't serving you, like you can't use that part of the ladder, whether that's like, that's the actual, like one of the two posts of the ladder and like the ladder doesn't work without both posts or it's one of the rungs that you can't keep walking past unless you have that rung. And sometimes you just need somebody to put that rung back in or put the side on the ladder back on. And then it's like, Oh, then you can whistle up 20 steps until you have another, another block there. So that's, I mean, it's, that's one of my favorite things. And that's, I mean, for me, that being uncomfortable like that, it's like, that's why I, I keep taking on more things right now, which might not be the best idea. It'd probably be smarter to just take one and like really dive into it. But like, it's another, somebody else said it. I don't remember who it was, but it was like, like I'm 23. Like why not see how much stuff I can do at one time? Like, why not see how much I can take on? Like it's, it's like jump on opportunities. And again, it's probably smarter if I just take one thing and run with it and spend all my time on it. But I don't know, like see how, see how strong I can get, see how much time I can spend, see how much money I can make, see how many people I can help. All, like why not push, push the limits of that. And only when you find the limits, then it's like, all right, dial it back and figure out where the, I haven't found the limit yet. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the interesting part. It's like, but how do you know? You don't know until you've done the thing. So like you can yeah. hypothesize and think about it. Like, Oh, this is going to be too much for me. I'm just not going to do it. Or you can actually do it and be like, well, that actually wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. So I could, that means I can do more. Like, and you can you keep finding your limits. I did that in it was either May or June. I can't remember which one it was did a hundred calls in the, for the Uncom 25 for the, the month. And that like the first two and a half weeks, it was, oh, mate, I, I was, I was on fire. Like it just couldn't stop me. I was having four hour sleeps because I was going to bed at like 1130 or 12 o'clock because I was on phone calls and then getting up at 430 to get to work and pushing myself constantly. And then it hit a point where it was like the third the final week or the final week and a half. And I was like, Oh, I'm mentally broken. Like I was just physically, mentally and emotionally just kaput. That was it. And it's like, well, I, I remember speaking with Keegan about this, Keegan and Lyndon actually as well. And we we're like, well, you know where your limit is now, don't you? It's like, yeah, I know. But the only way you know is by doing the thing. And Zach and I talk about this a lot. It's like, it's, it's like just do the thing, man. Do the thing, ask a question and do the thing. That's all you got to do. You know, like 
whatever the thing that thing is just just do it and there's not there's nothing that's stopping you from doing it there might be some physical limitations but everything else is like just do the thing whatever that thing is just do it and then if you don't know ask questions i can't can't tell you how many times i've either gotten like business or cleared up a conversation and, and gained clarity just by asking a question and like I have had to ask that question multiple different ways to get the answer that computes in my brain rather than it like making sense to them. It needs to make sense to me. And then understanding that if I ask a question to someone, so if I ask you a question, you might just go like, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about right now. Like I don't understand, but then I need to ask it in a different way or I might need to show you or I might need to explain it to you. Or I might need to use my hands or like, we're all different learners. We're all different personalities. We're all, all these different weird, wacky things. It's like, just because it makes sense to me is not mean that it's going to make sense to you. And understanding that and communication, like developing your communication is, in my opinion, paramount to everything else. If you have the ability to communicate and connect with lots of different people and network with lots of different people, you're able to feed, not feed off of them, but you're able to actually gain an appreciation, understanding for where they're coming from and different perspectives. That's what that 100 calls taught me. It's like everyone's different. I connected with some people. I didn't connect with others. Was there a reason? Probably. But you just you have the ability to build your own communication through doing things that are uncomfortable, through communicating with people. You know, initially it was uncomfortable, but now it's just like, hey, I'll jump on a. You were actually the first person, man. Like you were the first person <laughs> that I had done it with. I'm being serious. And uh, when we did the Instagram lives, like that was the first time. I'm doing this because it makes me feel uncomfortable as hell. So I'm just going to do it. And did it. And now we're, we are where we are. You know, where it's not like it's a, it's an incredible, or well, in our eyes, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome podcast that we got going on. It's if we're to compare to anything else, which I'm, I'm not comparing to what we were previously. We're, we're doing awesome, you know? So it's like compared to where you were before, far out, look at us go, we're crazy. So yeah, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for, for doing things that make you feel uncomfortable, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so many problems that can just be fixed by doing the thing. And that's, so that, for so long, it was, for me, it was like, just just do something. Like so many ideas, but like nothing actually happened. And then I finally was like, all right, I'm just going to do something, like get something out, get something going, and actually work on it and finish it and to get things out. Whether that's finding a way to set external timeframes on it. Like when uh, me and Keegan first came up with the social media course, it was like, all right, start at the end, beginning of next month. It was like the, the 11th or something or the 15th. Like, all right, it starts at the end of next month. I was like, oh man, I have like two weeks to do this. <laughs> I have two weeks to sell all the spots and get the get the information started. And it was like, well, I I guess I better get started. Like, I don't know, like just do it. And it, I mean, it turned out fine. Like I sold more spots than I thought I would. Like I have gotten all the information out. I'm still putting it together in some sense, but like you have, and now, like I tell people that all the time, like in people in the course, people outside of it, they're like, I have this idea, but I'm waiting because I want to get this done. I was like, man, just like, just do it. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not like the gentlest person when it comes to this because I wouldn't. And I mean, obviously it depends on the person, but like, 
I didn't need somebody to be like gentle with me. I needed somebody to be like, Jesus, man, you are being an idiot right now. Like, just go do some shit. Like, but I want to think about this. Like, that is, that's just an excuse. Like, shut up. Like, that, like, it's Keegan, that's basically what Keegan said to me a couple times. Like, and he's much nicer about it to me. But I would have been like, Jesus, man, like, shut up and go do something. Like, you're, all you're doing is thinking and all you need to be doing is doing right now. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people stuck in that. Well, it comes to, it comes to, if we're thinking, or we're talking personality wise as well, or we can talk about the way that people learn to, like, some people need a gentle push. Some people just need to be told what to do, when to do it, where to go. Some, and some people are a mixture of both. And then there's a whole, not a lot of people that do it in a completely different way. And it's, it's challenging because sometimes some, some people know what they need to do, but they lack guidance. Some people know, know what they need to do, but they just can't be bothered doing it. And it's like, you've got to try and figure out where you're, where you're sitting and what kind of little push that you, that you need to, to do it. You know, like it's, I don't think it's got anything to do with motivation or, or anything like that. Like it's either you want to do it or you don't. And actually one, one, um, one person or group of people, sorry, that I think have done an epic job at building a, a business is Luke and Acacia on the, on the farm gym. So they use the Myers-Briggs. Like it's not saying like, and people get, uh, all wrapped up in, in like a, a label or an icon, like I am this now and, and I can't like move outside of that. Like, no, you need to have that flexibility to be able to understand other perspectives and blah, blah, blah. But Luke and Cash, they use the Myers-Briggs for their business. And what they've done is when people come to them because they want to work or if they have gone and, you know, want people to work for them, they get them to do the Myers-Briggs. Um, and I think the DISC as well, and it's not saying that they are these type or they are this person, but they've got these type of traits. So it's like, okay, this is the, the type of whether you're an ENFP or an INFJ or whatever else there is out there, like there's 16 different personalities, but in the Myers-Briggs anyway, but you've got like, so this is what you are more of. All right. So if that's what you're more of, then we're going to get you to do that because we know more often than not that that's exactly what you're going to be good at so go and do that and you kind of let them go and do their thing and then you've got other people that are more like this and other people that are more like that and then it all just works for some magical reason i mean it works magically because it works like it's it's getting them to do what they want to do you know that's what their personalities are yearning for and you just let that flow and to be part of one of their meetings that they that they had it just, you could, you could literally see it. You could see it all unfold in front of your eyes. And it's like, okay, yeah, that person is that, that person is that. And it's like, it's not like you're labeling them, but you know what, like the way that you can approach them in a conversation or the way that you can talk with them about things, or you can be a little bit more direct and say, no, nah, we need this then. Yep. Cool. Got it. Let's go. Or you've got people that are like, just like to be a little bit more flamboyant about the way that they talk and they move and they're like, don't worry about it, man. Like, it's all right. It's all good. Like that sort of stuff. For some people, that pisses people off because it's like, you don't get it. We've got to do it now. And then other people's like, no, like just it'll get done. Just relax. Or we need to have this many and that many. It's got to be done now with this time. It's like it's got to be all precise. 
that stuff there I find so interesting. I'm actually doing it for a lot of my new clients that are coming on. I'm getting them to do like a personality type um, test because for me, it gives me a good indication. Like they're obviously coming to me because they either enjoy what we're doing together. They're seeing benefits, which is another big thing as well. There might be some other reason along with that. But if I can get to know them better, then I can get to know them better and maybe what they want to achieve or maybe what they enjoy doing and maybe what they want to do. And it might be something that I can offer them because if I have them coming to me and I'm not giving them everything that I can offer them, then we're kind of missing, there's a missing link somewhere. So how can we actually do that? Well, I think it's through like understanding what type of personality they are. Like I'm just getting them to do a personality quiz and it's more, more often than not, it's relatively accurate. Like it might be 70 to 80% accurate, but it's more accurate than not knowing at all, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's really, it's really interesting when you talk about that sort of stuff about how you learn or um, people that you learn from or the best way for you to learn. It's yeah, that stuff, uh, that stuff gets me talking. Yeah. It's like um, understanding how you kind of work and how things shake out. Like, if you want to like a visual representation of like what my mind kind of looks like, it's uh, it's this whiteboard. <laughs> it's blurred out right now, but like that's what if you were to look into my head, that's kind of what it looks like. Um, so that for me, I have to understand that like I need something. I like like external like stops has to be done by here. It's one of the best ways for me to like shake out all the things I have in my head. Like like a good example would be like, if you were like doing like archeology span or something that you were like digging up bones and like artifacts, like you could just have like all of this thing, like this huge area and like you could just like dig through it all day and like find new things. But like, or you could just take it all and put it into a, like just grab like sifters and just like shake it out and things will come out. You might not get everything, but like it's a hell of a lot faster. And like now you have something to go off of. You can come back and you can grab more things. But so I like I know for myself, like I'm always telling myself to do more and think less because that's what I need. And some people are just like go 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 do things. And uh, in a sense, I guess I have to tell myself not to do that because I like to do things. But sometimes I end up doing things that aren't the most productive, like cleaning my room or like whatever. So it's like there's a constant balance of do things, but do the high value things and like quit thinking about like what doesn't matter as much. Like, so, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many things that go into kind of optimizing yourself and, and it depends on what state your head's in at that point. Like there's sometimes where I'm in like the let's like let's go, let's do all of the high value things. There's other times where it's like, man, I just wanna if I'm gonna do something it's just like clean my room. Like I don't wanna actually do the really hard thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think the pers- I think the personality types would definitely help with that because it'll give you the and people in general probably aren't very good at explaining to you the way that they act they think and act in the world. So I'm probably, maybe I'm not giving you the best information about me, but maybe if I took a test, you'd see something different. Yeah. I, I think that it's like, we obviously have some connection you and I, because 
we speak each other's language and that's what it's about. Like we both speak English, but you understand, you might understand me better than someone else does and same with myself to, to you in comparison to someone else. But that's where I see the personality testing stuff as a really good way to start speaking another person's language. Like I said before, you've got some people that need to be nurtured and cared for and, and guided and other people that just need to have like the straight and narrow and be like, that's what I want you to do. Can you speak their language? You know, it goes back to coaching in, in soccer. You, you have the coach that was just, and there's a reason why some players would flourish under this particular coach and why others wouldn't. And this particular coach might yell and scream and get you to do a whole heap of runs and all this other crazy sort of stuff. And there's some players that just love it and other players that are just like, nah, I'm not checking, especially now, especially now. I mean, probably when we were maybe back in our father's era or my father's era, it was just like, and that's probably what turned off a lot of players too. And that's why the, the generation of football that's in Australia is like, it's, it's not the, the greatest standard here if we're comparing to the best leagues in the world, you know, like, and this is my opinion, and I'm not saying that I can do it better because I clearly can't, but in my opinion, you go to, and I'm not even saying the English Premier League is the best league in the world. Like, it's obviously dependent on what you'd like to see. If you like to see goals, well, then maybe the English Premier League is. If you like to see football, well, maybe the German or the Spanish League is, is or, or maybe even the Italian League for goals. Like, there's there's no one thing that's that's good in my opinion but it's valued based upon like so money for example with the english premier league the the amount of cash that's just dropped on on like within the english premier league that's what people are basing it being the best league in the world because it generates i think it generates the most income but then you have a look at german league teams like bayern munich or most of the the german teams aren't in debt at all. Like they just don't have debt and their memberships for their members are like super, super cheap. They want people to be able to come to their games and the way that people, and I, I could have this wrong, but I'm pretty confident I got it right. But the there's no one sole owner for the club. So like the, the people basically own 51% of the club, I think this is with Bayern Munich. I don't know if it's any more, but they own 51% of the club and then 49% is owned by the rest of the people. So it's like you're, you're playing, and this is probably why England haven't won a World Cup in a long time or won a Euro or, or anything like that, like because there's not many English players playing or top quality English players that are playing continuously in comparison to the Brazilians and the Italians and the... Um, the Spanish and the French and like, and there's all these high ranked players that are playing and then you get to the, the world cup and it's just like, where, where are they? There's going to be a lot of English people that are probably going to hate on me for that. But I guess world cups speak for themselves and euros speak for themselves, you know? So our results will talk more than, than anything that I'm saying right now. So it's, yeah, that I, sorry, I went like, I went everywhere there, but going back to the, the coaching way and the talking way, like talking to people, actually being able to communicate well and understanding that not everyone is going to understand the way that you coach, the way that you talk. You have to be, you've got to be flexible in many, many different ways. Yeah. 
that and because we're not in the <laughs> European confederation. But like, even but so, to me, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't. Um, this is this is going to be really interesting. This this World Cup, like I'm, I'm not sure a European team is going to be doing as well as what most people think they'll probably do in this World Cup. And like, you can have all the air conditioned stadiums in the world that you want to play in, but ultimately you're coming off the back of European summer, going into European autumn, and then then winter, and then you're going back into the to the summer time again but it's a different heat it's not your usual european sit outside and tan and you know have an aperol and a cigarette and all that kind of stuff but it's a different type of heat and so i think that there's going to be a lot to to say for for the heat a and b it being in season as well there's going to be a lot of players who are like i'm getting paid squillions of dollars playing for whoever they're playing for i don't really want to play for my country just in case I get injured because then it stuffs my chances up and and it's just like but you're playing for your country you know so I, I think I don't know I'm this is a hunch I reckon it's going to be an African or um, an Oceania team that'll potentially you know go go and do well in this in this World Cup that's my my thoughts on that I don't know what you think so who's your finals I'll give you, I'll, I won't give you ask you a winner I'll give you the finals. So, who, what two teams are going to make it? Oh, that's a good question. Sadio Mane plays for Cameroon. Is it Cameroon he plays for? Senegal, I think. Se- Senegal. I think he's Senegalese. Are you thinking? I'm. Uh... Let's let's do this right now. Twenty twenty two group World Cup. Let's have a look. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I don't. Your top two teams besides the US. We all know that they. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Oh, Matthew, 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 Matthew. Let's have a look. I don't know what it's like for you guys uh, in the US, but every time. Every time we, uh, <laughs> I talk to like someone uh, who's Greek, and then they're paying me out because I'm of Italian uh, heritage and and all that, and they're like, "Yeah, well, where are you this World Cup?" I'm like, "Yeah, where are you this World Cup?" So, like, mate, we won the the 2004 Euro against Portugal. Okay, it's like, ah, oh, you just you <laughs> just grip to that. I'm trying to find the groups. I can't find the groups because I'm not the uh, the best at searching for groups. But anyway, I, I reckon it'll be an African an African team. I reckon. Um, for you. There we go. That's that's I'm I'm not very good at I, I wasn't never one to oh hold on, have I got it? No, they're the Asian qualifiers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you the teams. All Group right. A is Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. B, England, Iran. The eventual winners: the U.S., uh, Wales. Group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. D is France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. E is Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. F is Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. 
G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. H is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Oh, I've just got them up now as well because it took me forever to find it. Um, you see, like, I'm leaning towards an African and and all right, I'll give you an African and a South American team who I think will will be in the final. I'm going to go with, oh, this is, this is challenging. This is challenging. Let's go, let's go with, um, where are they? Yeah, I'm going to stick with my guns. All right, Cameroon, I feel, Cameroon or Senegal. And oh, Mexico. Interesting. Mexico or Uruguay. Yeah, right, I gave you four. I think that's pretty good. I've given you a group. Cameroon, Senegal, Mexico or Uruguay. And like... <laughs> Interesting. I what, what, okay, what about you? What about you? you I think you think the... Um, the European team. I mean, if I had to pick, if I had to pick four, my four, and I mean, these might just be the best four teams, but like Argentina, Brazil, France, and Belgium. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about teams that play in the hot, like Argentina and Brazil, like it's, I mean, it gets warm there. It gets warm mm. for sure. And then just Belgium and France to just talk about how ridiculously talented the teams are. So. I mean, we'll we'll find out we'll find out pretty pretty soon, just over a yeah, month. I don't I don't watch enough footy anymore to to know where who. Like I couldn't I couldn't name the majority of any of these teams starting lineups. So. Well, I mean, what we what we can do to finish off is we can have a chat about the um the the um the footy that you probably did watch today, or maybe you, I don't know. Did you? I was taking taking a nap or something. I wasn't. <laughs> I had, a, I had I had something going on. I didn't quite catch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't watched the I haven't watched the highlights yet because I got up I got up uh, and um, it had finished and they hadn't put the highlights up yet and I wasn't going to watch the whole game again. I just like going on and seeing the score and when I saw that I was like, mm, today's chat's going to be interesting. But uh, I got to I got to bring it up. Have you have you actually seen what's happened? Or I I I caught the first half and then the last. 15 odd minutes, 10, 15 odd minutes. I had a call in between, but it was a pretty horrible game to watch from what I watched. Like, mm-hmm. boring. As boring. a city supporter or as a football supporter? In, ge- like just in general. Like, as, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, one goal on a counter, there weren't a lot of great chances. City had a goal called off with the VAR, apparently. I missed it, but I was told. Um, and like, not like a lot of like really great chances. Maybe one or two, but like not very few. Hold your breath, sort of. Somebody's going to score chances. So pretty lame very to be anti, fair. Anti climatical kind of kind of game. Klopp got sent off. That was hilarious. But... <laughs> yeah, I did. I did actually see that. I did see that happen. I just was flicking through. I wanted to see the goal. Great, great counter attacking was... goal. Horrible defending. Just horrible defending. That's all it was. <laughs> oh, uh, well, okay. 
all right, all right, all right. I know you're upset. Okay, I don't want to. Don't want you to. Don't want you to cry. All right, don't want me to start crying here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, unbelievable. Let's uh, let's leave it there for today. Just uh, I think so. We can go for an hour fifteen. We have we have half of that was me trying to look for the groups. <laughs> <laughs> And the other anyway, guys, talking about horses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Anyway, Maddie, where are they? Where are they going to find you? Not talking about horses and the group uh, for the the World World Cup. Yeah, really. Um, score performance, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Now, uh, score S K A A R performance. Anywhere, anywhere that's fun. Uh, Steph, what about you? Yeah, I'm still on. Uh, Instagram, just Coach Carly with the three eyes. I've, I've taken a massive break in posting at the moment, just in terms of, of value. Like um, for me, the in- Instagram hasn't been as valuable as or as important to me right now. So it's been really, really cool just to take a break and I'll jump back into it pretty soon. I've just been popping up my handstands, getting my, my handstand reps in. So you'll see a little bit going on later on today. You're getting good, bro. You're, Thanks, man. I mean, way better than I am. But you're, you're get you'll be there soon, I'm sure. Well, it's uh, it's all in it's all in good time, all in good time. I can teach you some handstands. You can just teach me some squats. <laughs> <laughs> all those deadlifts we, you put up, actually, that looked pretty pretty hectic. Oh, those the snatch grip deadlifts or the mm. yeah, oh yeah. man, horrible time, horrible yeah. horrible time. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll do an episode sometime in the gym. Doing some yeah. doing some lifts or something. That would be kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I like that. You can listen to me cry doing snatch grip podium deadlifts. <laughs> Just yelling <laughs> yelling into the to the mic. That'd be a lot yeah. of listeners to listen to. All right. Well we'll we'll leave it here for today. Uh thanks everybody for listening and uh we'll be back next week with a special guest and from then on out. <laughs>